We're going to do something today on the BWI Daily Edition that we should do more often. Uh, I don't know if it was Nate that said it to me on air or if he said it to me at some point this week. He definitely said it to me this week. We don't have enough conversations with the people who sit over on this side of the camera. Enough conversations where we tell you what we we don't know. We, we present information and facts and, and our logical conclusions based on those things or every once in a while my wild opinions about something, but we don't enough times acknowledge yeah we don't know these things either and we're super curious about that because there are certain things we just can't know completely so that's what i'm doing today on the bwi daily edition is five things i wish i knew for a fact five things that maybe even penn state doesn't know for a fact this offseason that will provide a lot of clarity about the team and the depth chart and sort of the outlook for the spring and then 2022 the season when it comes in the fall. I'm your host, Thomas Frankar. We're doing that today, and we'll get to those five things in just a second. The first thing I got to do, though, is I got to ask you, and I know this is always annoying to do. Usually I do it at the end once I've proven this video doesn't suck, but this video is not going to suck. Like the video. And then, if you're feeling in the mood and you, you haven't yet, subscribe to the Blue White Illustrated YouTube channel. If you haven't, let's just have a quick conversation about that because it is the... Let me look at my calendar. The 26th of January, and we're talking about Penn State football. You came here because you want the information. So you're in just like I am. I love talking about Penn State football. I love talking about football. doesn't matter the time of year. doesn't matter if it's, it's in May. I'm going to be doing this show till question mark, till they, they unplug the camera. So we'll do this together if you subscribe. Super easy to do. You literally click a button. And I'm going to ask you to do one more thing after that, which is scroll down. You can do this right now and still listen to me. So scroll down on the video and you'll go past the little thing that explains what I'm talking about. And then you'll get to the link. The first link, it says join on three big, bold, capped letters. Click that link. When you click that link, you will uh, go to the sign up page to join on three at Blue White Illustrated for one dollar for a year of access, which means you get YouTube and Blue White Illustrated, the web version, for a total of $1, because this stuff is free. So you go to bluewhiteillustrated.com, then you get all the information, all the written content. I write some stuff over there as well, along with uh, Nate Bauer, Greg Pickle, Ryan Snyder, and Dave Eckert. They do a great job. And when you get information that you didn't know existed, if you're kind of like a casual fan that watches stuff on YouTube here and there, you're going to get into it. You're going to get no things that nobody else knows because when you're a premium uh, message board member, you can go on the message board and you can get the inside scoop on recruiting and some stuff from the team, all from our reporters and from our recruiting guys. So that's where you got to go. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. You can do that at the end. You can do that now, but just do it. Okay. Done with all that stuff. Let's talk about the top five things I wish I knew about Penn State football. Coming in at number five, how will Manny Diaz influence the Penn State defense? This is still a big question in my mind of how is his flair going to uh, show up for Penn State on the defensive side of the ball? Because even if a chef is cooking the same meal as somebody else, he's got his di- he's got his own interpretation on it. So James Franklin hired Manny Diaz to come in and run a similar scheme. It's not going to look a lot different, but just because something doesn't look a lot different doesn't mean it isn't 
different in some way. And that might be good. That might be, there might be ideas that Manny Diaz has about, about defense that he can bring to the Nittany Lions and can improve some things. Um, I know one area is is his blitz packages that I've read a bunch of stuff about and I've seen a bunch of things about and I've watched some film on that they are pretty crazy. Uh, but I think the aggressiveness isn't going to change. It's just how you get there. And then from the coverage perspective, you can always run the same schemes. You can run the exact same playbook and just pick different parts of it to emphasize. So you dip heavier into your man package or you dip heavier into your zone package. And I understand how man package sounds, but we're talking about football. So how is that going to affect the, the, the defense and the personality of it? Largely, and the reason it comes in at number five is I think most of that is going to be static and it's going to be relatively the same. So it will be a variation more than a wholesale change. So that's number five. Coming in at number four, this is one I really want to know, but I don't think it's going to have as big of an impact because Sean Clifford is the starter, is what don't we know about Christian Veyu? What we saw was good, but what we saw was so small compared to what we need to know about him as a quarterback that it's really impossible to have a, a projection on whether or not he can challenge Sean Clifford as Penn State's starting quarterback this spring and next year. I've talked about the things he needs to do to do that, including, you know, getting to the right size and strength during the winter conditioning program, and then all the other things, literally all the other things. But when it comes to how he plays the position, what don't we know? I, I talked about this in my film analysis of him during the regular season is he threw into mostly man coverage in the one game we saw him play. And he did a good job at that. He did a good job at a pressure. How does he do when a team is designing the, the game plan to go against him? How does he design? A, how does he go against a game plan that uses zone coverages? Like he saw maybe five snaps against zone coverage because the plan of attack for Rutgers when they came into that game was to stop Sean Clifford. Total wild card. That is, you hear about that all the time, but that's that's what we're talking about. Kind of like Manny Diaz, they chose specific plays from their playbook to stop Sean Clifford. Not Christian Veyu. You have a freshman quarterback. You throw things at him he's never seen before, but that didn't happen because they didn't have they they didn't practice it that week. So with that in mind, on the flip side, what does Penn State know about him from practice and seeing all of those things that I want to know? How does he do? How does he read zone coverage? What does he do when it's a broken play? How does he check at the line? How does he communicate in the huddle? All of those things that they're evaluating over time that made him pass Taquan Roberson during the season. How close is the... How, stop me when I'm close to how close it is between him and Sean Clifford, you know? Like, is it getting closer? Is it getting farther away? Because I know that everyone wants it to be one of the freshman quarterbacks. Penn State fans desperately want Drew Aller to be the starter next season, or at least a large section of them that yell loudly digitally but it's the most likely one to unseat Clifford as a quarterback would be Christian Veyu and and there's really very little question in my mind it's just we know less about him because of his high school trajectory and missing a season because of COVID and being kind of a project to start with and then flashes of being really good and having characteristics of a guy that plays above his skill set some of the things we saw, they are unique and interesting that he is so good under pressure or was so good under pressure in that game. So 
I want to know more. And I know you want to know more. And I know people that know more than we do, and they haven't really given the details. So if I could, I would learn everything I could about Christian Veyu and how well he's progressed in his first season. Because last thing I'll say, and going back to the freshman thing, and this is the thing, this is the reason I say this. Redshirt freshmen start frequently now in college football, the good ones. C.J. Stroud started as a redshirt freshman. When you have, especially if you're an early enrollee like Veyu was, who is who has now been on Penn State's campus for over a year, it'll be 18 months, maybe 19 months by the time you get to the season. So that's enough time. That is enough time to proficiently learn an offense and try and execute it. If you're talented, that takes it to another level. Is that, is that who he is? Because true freshman, you're still trying to figure out where West Halls is when you're on campus. So I, I, I just, I think if there is an opportunity for another quarterback to play, it would be Christian Veyu and need to know more. Just need to know more. The spring will say quite a bit about him. Coming at number three, this one I want to know for the player himself, specifically for PJ Mustafer, is how healthy is he now? How bad was his injury? And what is the timeline for him to return? Because a lot of Penn State fans, with him coming back, I think are excited about the idea of having P.J. Mustafer back. At this point, with what I assumed the injury was in that Iowa game, being I, I assumed, looking at it, that it was a torn ACL. Now, that is not a fact. Again, I want to be clear. We've talked about that here and there on the channel. That is not a verified fact in any way, shape, or form. But it is a logical, I think, reasonable assumption. So what's the timeline for P.J. Mustafer? I'm not penciling him in as a starter until I have more news about that. And that will come in the spring. But where he's in his, in his rehab process right now informs whether or not he can weight, lift weights. If you're a defensive tackle and you can't lift weights with your legs, you're not in a position I don't want to say to succeed because you can still find a way to succeed, but to be the best version of yourself. And this applies to a guy who was hurt earlier in the season and I think has a better chance next year of being a part of the uh, offense and being a factor in the competition up front is Salim Wormley. What was his injury? Where is he in the rehab process? Is he going to be able to do conditioning this winter? Is he going to be able to participate in the spring? And we can actually see what he looks like as a football player. These are questions that will go a long way to determining what the uh, depth chart looks like next year and how many players up front are competing for those defensive tackle and interior positions. Because Penn State, and we'll get to this in a little bit, is looking at some players to bring into the program. But what are the players like that they have in the program? That is going to determine whether or not they get uh, guys at certain positions and how optimistic you should be about the offensive and defensive line. A healthy P.J. Mustafer with the guys they have coming back, that's a that's good. That you've got your stalwart middle-of-the-defense nose tackle. But right now, there is not one of those on the horizon that you know anything about. I think Fatorma Mamoba looked pretty good when I saw him in the bowl game. He had a couple plays that were great. Those are a couple of plays in a bowl game. That is not starting... Uh, against a Big Ten opponent in 2022. So those questions, 
having concrete information about that sets the timeline and the table for what to expect at those positions going forward. And until you have that information, you have to assume that it is, uh, at least I have to, I think that you have to assume that it is not something you're going to expect. You're hoping for that, but you don't expect those things to turn around and, yep, you can plug those guys in, they'll be part of the competition, or they'll be starters. Okay, coming at number two, this is the thing I want to know the most personally, is how does the staff actually view Caden Wallace? Started at right tackle for Penn State, gave up uh, a Big Ten top five rate in pressures and total pressures uh, last season. Struggled some in, in, in run blocking as well. But this is a guy who's recruited as a guard, and I think the guys here on the on the channel who come on the show agree that he is, in fact, a guard playing tackle. But does Phil Troutwine think that? Does James Franklin think that? And this is the thing of how I want to know how they really feel. Because let me paint you a scenario, and this is going to get into what we talk about for number one, is Penn State is looking for players in the transfer portal, and James Franklin has said along the offensive line. They were interested in uh, the player that went from Virginia to UCF, Ryan Swoboda. They are interested. These are ones I, I can say that we've talked about on the channel. Uh, and then Hunter Norzad is another guy they're interested in. Uh, Tyler Steen from Vanderbilt is a guy we've highlighted here on the channel. Two of those guys are tackles. They, they're offensive tackles. Steen and Swoboda are both tackles. With Swoboda was a right tackle. So let me paint you this picture. Penn State does not get an offensive lineman in the portal. And then you ask in the spring, how do you feel about Caden Wallace at tackle? They don't have any other options. So of course they're going to throw their support behind the guy that's playing that position, whether he's taking one for the team in their mind or not. Because they got, they, we're riding with it. It's got to be that guy. So we're going to believe in him publicly and privately, despite what we may think about the reality. Now, if they do get a tackle and there is a competition, they're still going to support the guy because he was their right tackle. He may want to play that position, and they want to make sure that publicly they're not throwing him under the bus for a situation where recruiting and you know the the problems of getting offensive linemen put him in there in the first place with no fault of his own. So how do they really feel? Because I don't know that we will get the answer unless they get a guy they want, put him at right tackle, move Caden Wallace inside to guard, and then say, you know what? We think this is better for everybody. We thought it was a good opportunity, or however they want to phrase it. But only if it succeeds are you going to get some version of the actual feelings about the situation. I may be wrong, but that's how I would operate personally. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to tell a, tell everybody that, hey, this guy really isn't our tackle. And then you go into the season with him playing tackle. That only works out poorly for everybody involved, except for me, because then I get to know. And I, uh, I want to know. I need to know. And then the last thing is, of course, what we just talked about. Who are the other transfers coming into the program? Because Penn State is active in the transfer portal. They've offered a defensive end from Miami this week. Miami of Ohio, by the way. Uh, so they're looking at other players. We mentioned a couple of them along the offensive line. What other transfers are they going to get? Linebacker is a big need. I wrote about that this week at bluewhiteillustrated.com uh, about kind of what are the positional prototypes? Who are the guys that fit those? 
And then uh, if you're watching this later in the week, I probably already went up there. But we're going to talk about, okay, what does the lineup look like with all that information? They've mentioned linebacker. James Franklin mentioned linebacker that he, he they think they need in the portal. Got a receiver, targeting offensive lineman. What's the end result? Because that's going to determine whether you should feel good about these things or not. Because one or two key pieces can change a lot of stuff in the situation. And to be clear, about six teams in college football have good depth that they feel good about. Even Alabama was starting freshmen at linebacker and quarterback over the last couple of years. So everyone's playing young players because of the portal and because of misses in recruiting. So Penn State is not different, but they do have holes that have yet to be filled on the roster. So how does that work out? They're not going to be here till the spring. We know that because of the enrollment is already closed for this uh, spring semester. So they'll be here after spring football. Can you get those guys up to speed? Are they going to be starters? Are they going to be depth players? Are they going to be good? <laughs> are they the first choice, second choice, third choice? These are the things that you really want to know so badly. And these are some of the things that people ask me all the time. And I'm like, you know, I'm looking at the portal just the same as you. I'm listening to people who know. And it's a tight-lipped secret because these guys in the portal, this recruiting process is, first off, new. And it is absolutely the Wild West where there is a bunch of um, untoward, I believe is the right word to say if I want to be old and sound old, things that are going on. of the, Things that, you know, maybe some underhanded stuff, surprise, in major college sports. So Penn State needs to be tight-lipped about who they want to get and who they want to come to the program. Now, if a kid announces on Twitter that he's been offered by the program and it's legit, you know, it's out there. They can't do anything about that. But as far as their true targets and all that stuff, I think we're only going to hear about them when it's a realistic possibility, when it's a real honest shot. But if you want to know the up-to-date information about that stuff of what we're hearing, we keep that on the message board, bluewhiteillustrated.com. Again, that's why I said sign up for a dollar because then you can get some of that information. That last question you might get somewhat of an answer to. That's why you sign up to Blue White Illustrated and you subscribe here to the BWI Daily Edition because once it becomes a topic and once it becomes a little more well-known, Ryan comes on the show and we talk about it. So get the information first there and then get the instant analysis, the ideas behind it, and some discussion about it here on the YouTube channel. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. I'm going to say once again, the outro music's playing. You liked the video. Give it a like. We'll be back again tomorrow.